0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday featuring Greg Cosell, presented by DraftKings. Tomorrow, already, first of all, we got a game tonight, and I'll be there calling it for Westwood One, Bucks and the Eagles, which is awesome. Secondly, tomorrow, I'm giving out winners. Spread the word, winner via social media at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. We are especially looking for quote tweets for those of you on Twitter or shares, those of you on Facebook. Yesterday, facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I posted the power rankings Wednesday because they were out of order. If you share that, you get a great chance to be the Spread the Word winner this week. Of course, the sponsor confirmation email winner is a Madden copy, hard copy of the Madden video game. Just take advantage of any of the sponsors. Send it to me. We've got the YouTube shout-out that we love. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Anybody that subscribes to the YouTube channel so you can actually see the highlight clips of all of our shows, which is awesome. Or watch the whole show if you'd like. Speaking of shout-outs, how about a shout-out for Leroy Bricker, for Mark Hajduk, for Patrick Lorty, Three more patrons that we love, patreon.com slash rtmedia. We are racking up the patrons that, number one, want to be a part of our private Slack channel, want to be a tuckhead. And number two, I think they want to see the bets from Steve and I from the Even Money podcast. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their team's to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. You know who else is working for everyone? Craig Cosell. He watches the tapes. We don't have to. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. You know, Greg, I never thought of it before like that, but you are like Visa. Uh, you, you're, you're working for the rest of us, so we don't have to. I don't have to watch the tape of every game. I just ask you, Greg. Thank you so much.
1: Well, I know you're doing the uh, the game tonight, the, the Eagles game, so that should be a, a very interesting one.
0: Yeah, I want to get to that. Actually, that'll be my next question, but before I forget, I got to ask you. Look, when we have a rookie quarterback, Greg, start his first game. Yeah. Uh, I got I just got I got to know what you saw. Uh, obviously, they only scored 10 points. So what did you see? Give me the good, the bad and the ugly from Trey Lance in his first start.
1: And I think there was all of that. What really struck me was how many design quarterback runs Kyle Shanahan and staff called. That was a foundation of their game plan. And I think they did that, Ross, to try to play to Lance's strengths, try to get him comfortable and settled into the game. And of course, the game flow. Because the score never got away from the Niners, allowed them to stay with that. But you really have to look at individual plays when you look at, at the game and really isolate Lance. And there were some good throws. His best throw was actually dropped by Mohamed Sanu. He made a great throw versus Cover Three Cloud into a void that he drove with velocity and precise ball location, and Sanu dropped it. Uh, he's a quarterback that throws the ball really hard, he has great velocity. He's going to need to further develop pace and touch. Uh, He's going to need to become more consistently precise with his ball location. Uh, Even on some completions, there was a 26-yard completion to Samuel on the third possession of the game uh, that I thought he moved well. Red opposing jersey color, climbed the pocket, threw the crosser to Samuel, the right throw to the right receiver. It was poor ball location, but Samuel still made the catch. So there were positives and negatives with Lance. And quite honestly, Ross, none of that surprised me. Right. It sounds like that's kind of what you were expecting. I was expecting that. I mean, I think that it'll be very interesting to see. Um, they have a buy this week. So we don't know what will happen after the buy with Jimmy Garoppolo um, versus Lance. But, uh, you know, I, my sense is. That if Garoppolo's healthy, and I could be dead wrong, but my sense is if Garoppolo's healthy, that he will be the starter coming off the bye.
0: Right, but uh, I'm not very patient, Greg. So I need to know right now: Is Trey Lance going to be a star, or is? <laughs> he gonna
1: <be> a <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't make those statements, Ross. As you know, I'll, I'll leave that to other people who feel the need to make bold, definitive statements every five minutes
0: after one game.
1: After yeah, one game. After one game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, what
0: about tonight? Give me uh give me some some things to look for tonight that I should be aware of. And uh I'll I'll mention your name. I'll mention them tonight in the Westwood One booth, Bucks, Eagles. What what's gonna be what you're looking at tonight?
1: Well, I think the Eagles offense ends up being in the eye of the beholder. In other words, the Eagle offense is a function of your philosophy of what offensive football should be, because the Eagles do not have a running game through five weeks. There's no physicality whatsoever to their offense. Some might say that doesn't matter. It's the NFL. It's a spread passing league. That's okay. Brandon Staley, as we know, would obviously disagree with that, as would some others. So the question to me, as we continue this season, and we've reached the, the the quarter poll and now we're moving on is what will the Eagles offense look like they've committed clearly to Jalen Hurts as the foundation of everything they do and he's making I believe his 10th NFL start but there is no running game element to the Eagles offense right now
0: which surprises me Greg this last game they didn't run Jalen Hurts at all till the fourth
1: quarter no they didn't which, run him much that, at all that,
0: that, that's yeah. a uh That's a big advantage for them, whether it's him running or just the threat of him running, should give the offensive line some angles in the run game and should give them basically a man advantage because of his threat as a runner.
1: You would believe so. Um, Look, I, I certainly can't get into the head of Nick Sirianni and the offensive coaching staff. I know you do the preseason games, so you've had conversations with them in the preseason. Obviously, the regular season is different. I will only tell you what I see from the tape and my interpretation from the tape. But right now, this, to me, this is an offense searching for what they want to be. And, and that's just my sense. I could be wrong. They may feel this is the way we want to play, and we're not going to have a run game, and we're going to build it this way with, with our quarterback. That, that maximizes his strengths and minimizes his limitations. They're with him every day. They may feel that way. But clearly, Ross, as you well know, as I'm sure you prepared for doing the game tonight, there is no running game element to the Eagles offense.
0: Yeah, it makes it really tough, I think, for Miles Sanders or the O-line to kind of get in a rhythm. I'll be curious, and, and I, I don't expect them to run very much against the Bucs tonight, that's for no, sure. No,
1: and, and most, most offenses do not do that simply because uh, the Bucs are really good stopping the run. I mean, we know that that's the strength of their defense, and they have injuries in the secondary, so you look at the Bucks defense and feel, hey, we can run the ball. I mean, we can sure. th- we have to throw the football because we can't run it.
0: Yeah. So, Greg, I got to ask you this. Um, The Eagles defense in five games. Yes. Three of them, they've given up less than 20 points. Right. Two of them, they've given up more than 40. There's no in between. Playing the Bucs tonight, uh, your thoughts on the Eagles defense against the Bucs offense.
1: Well, the Eagles defense clearly, as you know, Ross, has been a high percentage zone defense. They play very few snaps of man coverage. They, prior to this last game against the Panthers, they had been high percentage split safety. The change they made versus the Panthers, and obviously it was effective, was that they played far more cover three, meaning single high, still zone, but far more single high as opposed to split safety. Um, I don't know what they'll do against the uh, Bucks. That's... That's hard to know, but they're not going to match up. You will not see an increase in man-to-man coverage because one could say, hey, they've got a good man corner in Slay, but they can't match up elsewhere. They can't match up with Maddox and Steven Nelson versus Godwin and Antonio Brown. So even if you feel, hey, Slay could hold his own and do a nice job on Mike Evans, they can't match up elsewhere. So they're going to stay with with zone. The only question is, is it split safety zone or is it continue to be more cover three? The one thing they've done well is they've not allowed the big play. And that, I think, is one of the founding principles of what their coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, wants to do, is not allow the big explosive pass play.
0: Yeah, that's been pretty obvious that that's the philosophy there. Let's get to some other games, including... Uh, Another NFC East team, Cowboys and the Patriots. Obviously, that's always a marquee game, two of the, you know, more well-known franchises.
1: Cowboys seem like they're on a roll, Greg. They are. And the Cowboys are old school, Ross. Uh, You talk about the run game and the lack thereof with the Eagles not even attempting to do it. The Cowboys have almost gone back to the way they played in Dak Prescott's rookie season, where they run the ball there. Their percentage of first down runs is among the highest in the league, and it's over 60 percent. And in today's NFL, that would be considered an aberration by most. And they are so effective running the ball on first down with um, with Zeke, who's averaging well over five yards a rush on first down, Pollard's averaging over seven yards a rush on first down, they're not throwing the ball as much as most teams do. This was the first week since week one, this past week, that Prescott had over 30 pass attempts. He'd been under 30 pass attempts in three consecutive games prior to this week. Now, obviously, if you're going to run the ball that much, you need to convert on third down. And that's where Prescott's been really, really good because he's a high-level quarterback. So you can do this with a high-level quarterback because you need to convert difficult throws on third down. And Prescott's been able to do that. So this formula and this profile has really worked effectively. And the overlooked element for a lot of people is, is their defense. Dan Quinn has done a masterful job. He's kind of changed up his approach from what most remember about Dan Quinn. They play high percentage man coverage, and they play it really well.
0: Um, I was going to ask you about that, about Dan Quinn. How much of it is Dan Quinn as a coordinator, and how much of it is they've got some really good young players – like Parsons, Adigizua, and Diggs that, are just, that have really changed the face of that defense?
1: Well, I think it's always a combination of players and coaching. Um, Diggs is a very good man coverage corner. I thought that's what he was coming out of Alabama. I, I really liked his tape coming out of Alabama. He was in the same draft with Henderson and Okuda, and I, I liked Okuda as my number one, but I liked Diggs as my number two corner in that draft. And right now he's playing that way. He's a really good man coverage corner. He's physical. He's got great ball skills. He has an excellent understanding of routes. Um, So it's hard to say whether he's changed his philosophy just based on his experience throughout his many years in the league or whether he looked at this personnel when he got there and said, hey, the personnel demands that I play this way. We, We can't answer that. All we know or I can't answer that without, you know, having a conversation with Dan Quinn. But, you know, I think the tape tells you that they're a high-percentage man defense. They're a fast defense. Parsons has really brought a lot to this defense. And um, Odigizu has been a real uh, real good player up front. He was also part of this draft. So whatever the reason, Ross, this is how they're playing, and they really look good on tape playing this way. Um, let's get to the
0: Ravens and the Chargers, which should be an awesome game. Greg, I, I, I have to admit, I'm surprised. I did not think we would get to the point where Lamar Jackson was completing this many passes or that the Ravens passing game would be this effective. I hadn't seen that consistently the last couple years. years. Um, what has changed is it. Have they evolved as a passing game? Are the receivers better, or is it simply just better ball placement from Lamar? What are you seeing?
1: I thought Lamar played his best game as a pro throwing the football this past week. Um, and, and by the way, it came at a straight drop back because the score dictated that the all those run game and backfield actions were no longer a factor. Um, I'm just going to give you quick numbers. In the straight drop back pass game, he was 29 for 33 for 343 yards and four touchdowns. Think about that for a moment. Um, And I thought what really stood out watching Jackson was his recognition of pressure and coverage. I thought he played with excellent vision. He saw the field extremely well. He stayed in the pocket. So I thought overall, this was his absolute best game as a pro playing from the pocket, seeing things. And delivering the football. You know, and and what again, whether it was just one of those games he was locked in, or whether this is now going to be what he becomes, this was a really, really strong game. I mean, he looked really good. There's so many plays that I kind of marked as potential plays for use in my matchup show because they really showed him playing at a very, very high level from the pocket.
0: Okay, but I guess the question I have then is has this, he's been playing pretty, he's been throwing the ball and playing pretty well this whole year, right? He, he, is it fair to say he's, I been think he's trending? Better, yes, to, yes. In that, that previous years, before that he, would be a fair man. statement.
1: And this was sort of the the uh, the apex of it. I mean, this was week five against the, the Colts, was his best, and he's been trending in that direction.
0: So this is just, a, um, I don't know what there is to say about the Chargers uh, other than, Greg. I think Brandon Staley's, like, changing the sport. I mean, fourth and seven, fourth and eight, and I'm convinced he just calls the play where he says, Justin, throw it to Keenan Allen. I mean, how many fourth downs did they convert where Herbert threw it to Keenan Allen? It's really impressive the confidence that Staley is showing in Herbert. And I I wonder if we're getting to the point where Brandon Staley's, like, changing the NFL to the point where it's going to be almost like the NBA shooting threes. More team to go for on fourth down.
1: Well, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think he feels very good about his quarterback and his ability to execute the offense. And I think that that we all know Herbert's talented. But what to me, what's not talked about with Herbert is the fact that he's in his second season. They have a brand new offensive staff with new new pass game principles. Okay, keep that in mind. He had to learn something brand new this off season from what he did a year ago. And he is running that offense like he's been in the offense for five years. And to me, we're overlooking that given that he's such a high-level traits player. So that, to me, is the most impressive thing about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a fascinating mix of refinement from the pocket, playing with almost mechanical robotic precision, and then the ability to make those special plays. You don't see that that often from second-year quarterbacks who are – who have just learned a new offense.
0: That's a really good point. Um, You know, I don't know how to ask this question, Greg. So I'm just going to put it out there. The Browns just Browns play the Cardinals Sunday. Yeah, they just played the Chargers and they got the ball back with 91 seconds left down five. You're
1: not going to ask me about play calling, Ross. Don't ask me about play calling. I don't do that. No,
0: no, no. I'm not asking about play calling. Okay. I am saying if it was Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, I would have thought they were going to go down and score a touchdown. Right. But the Browns quarterback quarterback is Baker Mayfield. And in my gut, Greg – I didn't think they were going to score touchdowns. Now, I know he played well against the Chargers. I guess the question is, what is Baker Mayfield at this stage of his career? Because my gut was he's not at that level where he's going to go down the field and get this done. He's not at the
1: level of the other five guys I named. Well, and, and I think that most people would say that, yes. It's just an abstract statement about Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. So what you're really, I think, asking and what a lot of people have been talking about on social media this week is whether you can, quote unquote, win big games with Baker Mayfield. And I always struggle with questions like that because games can be won a lot of different ways. I think Baker Mayfield, for the most part, is an efficient player within the context of that offense. He's in his, what, fourth year right now? Yes, because he was in the same draft with Sam Darnold, so he's in his fourth season. I think there's been clear incremental improvement. I think the nature of that offense fits what his skill set is. If you're asking me whether Baker Mayfield in those critical moments can go down and do what you suggested you feel the other quarterbacks can do, I'm not sure the sample size is large enough for us to answer that definitively one way or the other then it gets down to a feeling like you had a feeling that he couldn't I don't know if we can say that as an absolute as if it's a mathematical equation it becomes you know one's feeling some will say no we can others might say yes he can he did that a couple of times a year ago so I think we almost have to wait and see on that
0: yeah I think everything you just said there is fair all right Sunday night football it's the Seahawks and the Steelers. Russell Wilson is out. Yes. That means Geno Smith making his first start in forever on the road at the
1: Steelers. Sunday Night Football. He actually looked pretty decent the other night, Greg. Yeah. Decent is one of those words. If you were a scout, Ross, you'd never want to say decent when you handed in a report to, to you know, the, the uh, personnel guy. Decent doesn't work. Um, <laughs> but... Um, let me. Can I talk about the Steelers? Because I thought yeah. in watching the Steelers tape this week against the Broncos, and obviously the Broncos are a very professional defense. Vic Fangio is a savant, one of the best in the league, has been for years. Um, I thought the way the Steelers played this past week with the run game foundation, Roethlisberger only with 26 dropbacks in the game, And again, this is against a good defense. So I think that's the way they have to play. Now, there's two critical elements to that. You must convert on third down, which they did exceptionally well in this game. And you must score in the red zone. And they had some very nice play concepts in the red zone. So I think you cannot ask Roethlisberger to drop back 40, 45 times. I don't think he can do that. I don't think the O-line is capable of blocking in those situations. This Najee Harris had 23 carries. I think that's the way their offense has to be moving forward. And based on tape through five games, and, and it, I think, thing, let me say this as an aside. I think things could change with Seattle's defense in terms of approach because they've had 10 days and they have played very poorly through the first five weeks. So I think you'll see some differences, whether they're better, that remains to be seen. But through five games, there's nothing in Seattle's defensive tape that suggests that the Steelers can't play the way they played against Denver.
0: Last one, Greg. Give me one thing to look
1: for in the Bills and the Titans Monday night. Wow. Uh, Well, I'll say this. What the Bills did against the Chiefs will not be how they play defense against the Titans. They played all split safety. They played too high, two-man coverage. Um, they will not play that way against the, the Titans. Derrick Henry is on pace for 482 carries. Let that sink in, Ross. 482 <laughs> carries. Whether that happens, we don't know. But this is a they will play defense to stop Derrick Henry because right now the, the Titans' pass game is – to be kind, a kind of work in progress. Although, from what I understand, Julio Jones will be back, so that means they'll have Jones and Brown. But they will play defense totally differently than they did against the Chiefs last Sunday night.
0: He is the man, Greg Cosell. Love him every Thursday here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure you check him out on social, at Greg Cosell, so you know when the matchup show is this weekend and everything Greg's doing. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it and thank you keeps i mean look at my hair looks awesome those of you that check it out on youtube youtube.com ross tucker nfl all thanks to keeps all thanks to the only two fda approved medications that can prevent hair loss keeps offers both i take both look i've been telling you guys i was taking the two fda approved medications the one is a pill in the morning the other one's a topical that you rub on your you know where you're losing your hair in the morning and at night I, I was doing that for a few years before keeps even came around so then when keeps came around and i realized i don't have to go to the doctor i don't have to go pick it up everything just sends to my house you do it with an online doctor so much better if you are ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps.com/ross to receive your first month of treatment For free, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ross to get your first month free. Keeps dot com slash Ross. Tuck takes.
1: Morning, Ross. Here is your Thursday morning news dump. I'll hit you, all of them at once. Steelers sign wide receiver Anthony Miller. Lions center Frank Ragnow season ending surgery. NFL down to three German cities that could possibly host an NFL game. John Gruden out of the Bucks ring of honor. Texans tackle. Laramie Tunsil, thumb surgery, out four weeks. Bears tackle. Jermaine Effetti, IR for the Bears. Uh, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton back at practice in Indianapolis. Seahawks cut quarterback Trey Flowers. Cardinal center Rodney Hudson out for the week. And finally, we got a game tonight that you will be at. Bucks and Eagles, your thoughts.
0: Well, I'll go through the news first. Um, It's funny because Anthony Miller was supposed to sign with the Jags, but then he changed his mind because I think he saw Juju got hurt, more opportunity in Pittsburgh. Ragnow is a huge loss for the Lions. They just paid him big time. He's one of the best centers in the NFL. That really hurts them. I love that the NFL is going to have a game in Germany. I love it, love it, love it. I hope somehow I can go to it. You guys know I love this sport. I know we have German listeners, uh, viewers. I think it's fantastic. I can't wait till they pick a city and get a game on the schedule. Ring of Honor for Gruden, that one has to hurt, man. That, that's forever. And, you know, this is what happens when you do what Gruden did um, in today's day and age. As for Tunsil, Dr. Chow thinks he might be able to come back sooner. I thought he was going to try to play through it, but this makes more sense. It's hard to throw that hand at somebody when your thumb's that busted. T.Y. Hilton back is huge for the Colts. A Fetty on IR for the Bears, not good. Trey Flowers has started 40 games the last couple of years. I would imagine there's a lot of interest for him. And no Rodney Hudson this week is not good for the Cardinals. I mean, that is, that's a big loss. As for tonight's game... I like the Bucks. I mean, they got this guy, Brian, named Tom Brady on their team. He usually tends to win. You know, it's funny. I, I said this to Greg. Um, I think this is the first game where the Eagles give up between twenty and forty points. It feels to me like, and the, now the Eagles are going to throw the ball a lot tonight because the Buck secondary can be had right now, and they're very tough to run on. So they're not going to change their identity tonight. That's for sure. I think it feels like a. I don't know, 31-21 type of game in my mind. I, I think the Bucks end up winning by about a touchdown, maybe 10 points. Feels like that. Uh, boy, wouldn't it be huge if somehow the Eagles were able to pull this off? That'd be a huge win for them. And the Bears beat the Bucks last year on Thursday night. So you never know. What I do know is that October is fall car care month. So show your car some love. With help from my buddies over at AutoZone, love AutoZone, love a nice smelling interior of the car. So does my wife, I can guarantee you. It matters. Plus, if you need to upgrade your interior fast, maybe you got a hot date coming up, I don't know. AutoZone has more ways for you to get it, however you want it. Like free next day delivery, free same day store pickup, the choice is yours. This fall car care month, Make AutoZone your one-stop car interior shop. They carry the best products from the best brands at the right price. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Uh, shout-outs, Pride. Are in order, always. Pizza Boy Brewing. Sport of culture, Vision Comics with an X. HumanHeadNYC.com. SteakHouseSports.com. Check out your boy on the radio tonight. You can hear it on SiriusXM, Channel 88. You can also hear it on a bunch of affiliates. And you can hear on NFL Game Pass. Uh, That'd be awesome if you guys listen to me. And tomorrow, I'll break down the game and give you my picks for each and every game, week number six in the NFL. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College
1: Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.